0: Good afternoon and good evening. I'm Neil Fraser, President of Medtronic of Canada, and uh, this is our fourth podcast. We're just delighted uh, to have all of you here with us tonight, and we want to learn about uh, what you've been working on. Uh, But as the focus of this is on the next 100 years, we want to stretch your minds to talk about what you think the next 100 years uh, is going to look like uh, from the the standpoint of science and technology uh, development uh, in Canada and and globally. I'm going to ask Rene uh, Barlow, uh, who's the executive director of uh, Youth Science Canada, if he could just talk briefly uh, about his organization and how he came to know all of you. So over to you, Rene.
1: Oh, thanks very much. Um, Youth Science Canada is a national charity uh, dedicated to fueling the curiosity of youth through STEM or Science, Technology, Engineering and Mathematics projects and uh, so every year and we've been doing this now for almost 60 years, uh, this will be the 60th uh, Canada-wide Science Fair this year, um, but for for 60 years uh, we've been engaging youth in doing uh, these, uh, these STEM projects and we start with somewhere around a half a million students across the country who do some kind of project, uh, whether it's at home, in their their garage, at school, wherever. Um, And then about uh, 25,000 of those um, end up at Uh, regional science fairs, about 100 regional fairs across the country. Um, And uh, then about 500 of those are selected to the Canada-wide science fair, the national championships of science fairs in Canada. And uh, so the the three students that we have here today were participants uh, finalists in the Canada-wide science fair 2021, uh, which was held virtually in uh, this past May.
0: We're going to move ahead and and get uh, each of our students to introduce yourselves and talk about your science project. My name is Keanu Chan. I'm 14 years
2: old and from Cranbrook, British Columbia. And I have done science fairs for all my life. And I am currently on a project dealing with spines and spinal discs. And when they get damaged or ruptured, how I can put essentially a balloon inside of a spine
0: disc to act like a normal spine disc very very exciting thank you uh catherine
3: Hi, everyone. My name is Catherine. I am 17 years old and from Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, I've been participating in science fairs since grade six. And um, this year, my project surrounds nano-antioxidants and specifically how they combat oxidative stress in one's body. And this is um, very critical when considering neurodegenerative diseases, whose primary um, cause is this oxidative stress.
0: Fabulous.
4: Hardit. Hi, my name is Hardit Singh. Uh, I'm a grade 10 student from Waterloo, Ontario. I love science fairs and I've been participating in them uh, since grade seven. Uh, The project I'm currently working on is called Specular and it is a low cost teleophthalmology platform um, to provide people centered eye care. So I have low cost imagers that can take a picture of the inside of your eye, the back of the eye, the retina, and then those pictures are analyzed using artificial intelligence Uh, to classify them for
0: disease. Wow, that's, uh, those are three very impressive uh, projects. Uh, Congratulations uh, to all of you. Now, uh, I'm curious to know what, uh, what first sparked your interest in science? The reason why I originally got into science fairs
2: was actually because like since kindergarten, my elementary school made it mandatory that we went into the science fair. And I just kind of fell in love with it instantly, just with the little fun little projects that I did when I was little and then slowly making them more proper, more scientific. And then actually to the point where I went to the Canada Wide Science Fair.
1: Canada, I just wondered if you maybe could talk a little bit about those early projects because, you know, quite clearly the the very first thing that you came up with was not, I want to cure degenerative spinal disease. Give us some idea of what uh, what those projects were like and what you uh, what you did.
2: Yeah, so I remember my first project was called was called Splish Splash. Should I be taking a Bath? So I went and tested how much water I used in a bath and then how much water I used when I showered. And I found that showering was better in terms of water use. And yeah, that was my first project. And then another year, like the classic science project, which, plants will grow better with different types of soil. So yeah, (laughs) nice and simple
0: projects and now we're here. You know, you're you're still, um, you know, in in, uh, high school. What what do you see uh, in the future? Like, what are you going to pursue as careers? Uh, What will you study in university And, and what sort of, what's your goal?
3: So for me, I definitely first want to pursue an undergraduate degree in health sciences or health studies. And that really interests me because it's such an interdisciplinary approach. It's not, you know, only science, but it combines so many aspects that um, we encounter in our everyday life that do influence science and do influence the future of science. Leading research and graduate school is definitely down the road. Um, But my first step is health sciences or health studies.
2: For me, my plan once I graduate is to go maybe to UBC, a university that has a good science program that I could eventually get into med school because I want to be a specialized physician. And then I'll continue and maybe in the summer I'll do some type of research project because I need to continue having my own path where I can ask questions and try and answer them and continue with this whole science fair kind of mindset.
4: So I'm particularly interested in computer science and engineering, uh, so my plan is in the future to take like a degree in uh, combining computer science with engineering, and I find that with that skill set, I can uh, engineer and build things to solve various different problems uh, around me. In the future, potentially, uh, I could see myself uh, building my own company um, to d- develop these innovations um, using my skills. Uh, uh, using these skills with engineering,
0: Renee, you've been a science teacher, actually a, a, a very much uh, recognized science teacher. Um, wh- what are your thoughts about integrating some kind of entrepreneurial skills uh, into into the program somewhere? Where do you think that would make sense?
1: Yeah, I think it's a really good idea. And uh, um, at Youth Science Canada, uh, we have started. We started that uh, about five or six years ago, actually, uh, in partnership with York University, uh, the Lausanne School of Engineering. And uh, we select some students from the Canada-wide fair who either show some kind of entrepreneurial spirit or their project shows some kind of commercial potential. And then we do a week-long. Um, uh, workshop uh, with them on how to potentially convert your project uh, from you know from a, a project um, into into a company or a product, um, and then uh, and they have the opportunity to sort of look at you know what it takes to to build a company, what it takes to commercialize a product, and uh, um, and so so we're we're working on it um, in in that regard. In general, I would say adults. Uh, Underestimate the capacity and capability of uh, youth, and they don't realize necessarily that uh, youth bring this this incredible uh, perspective and uh, and vision uh, to problems and questions. They don't have they don't suffer from the same restrictions. You know they're not they're not as uh, as bound by oh you know we tried this before and it didn't work or you know it cost too much money or or whatever. And uh, and there's there's a freedom that uh, that I think is is really important there. And I'm I'm kind of curious. With you know, for the with the students uh, around what they think can be done to help uh, encourage youth to you know feel more confident uh, in their ideas and uh, make those uh, you know help them turn those ideas actually into some kind of a project or, or a passion that they that they work on because I would say in many cases uh, you know our. The adults and the educational system tend to discourage that kind of activity as opposed to encourage it.
0: Hardit, how do, how do we get other students involved in science that maybe are discouraged? I
4: think uh, a lot of it lies in preventing it, uh, from, preventing it from being defined as uh, success or failure. Um, uh, your ideas being defined as success or fa- failure um, and how... Uh, like the tendency to also put grades on things, like a science fair, um, definitely like reduces the student's ability to think of, a, uh, think of their own ideas instead of just fitting into some model. I definitely think that there should be less emphasis on that failure or success. It's not really a failure. Uh, it's more of a stepping stone to move up and find a better idea. You can relearn from that idea and develop a new
0: one. Uh, and that would definitely encourage many people. You know, listening to to all of you, like um, you make such uh, good sense. And I'm wondering, have you had teachers or other mentors in your life who've who've inspired you uh, to to think the way, for example, Hardit was just saying.
3: In elementary school, I was fortunate enough to have a separate um, class that was designated for science lab, where um, we got to actually ask these questions that we were thinking about. We got to conduct these experiments and engineering um, projects, and I think This teacher really sparked my curiosity, and honestly, everyone's curiosity in that room, because we left um, our main classroom where we, you know, were going by the curriculum, but instead we entered another classroom where, I mean, as cliche as it may sound, our imagination was really unleashed. I always remember her when I'm tackling a new science fair project or any project in my life.
4: Uh, I would have to say Richard Feynman. Uh, I've read all of his, like, biographies, and... Just the way that he sees the world, and like that curious lens, and that child—he uh, still has that child in him, even when he was uh, much older. Um, uh, he would ask questions and just try to understand the world, and that has been like a, a extreme, extremely big influence to me um, uh, in how I see the world now.
1: Yeah, picking up on what uh, picking up on what Catherine uh, said. That's one of the main reasons uh, she talked about the power of elementary school, and uh, so probably the main reason that um, I chose to teach primarily grade seven and eight. We know that very very young children are intensely curious. You know, they they want to know about everything. They ask all kinds of questions, sometimes to the point of driving their parents crazy. Um, but uh, it's that curiosity that is the basis of all of the the innovation which you know Hart had identified. Um, and uh, and somehow, between the point where you know children are incredibly curious to when they graduate high school, the you know if you were to, if you were to graph curiosity uh, for most kids, it, it typically drops off until the point where it's barely recognizable at the end of uh, of high school. So uh, for Youth Science Canada, that's really our focus is around changing that and making sure that, uh, that students have the opportunity to remain curious, ask those questions, investigate those problems, and then be, uh, you know, be celebrated and recognized for them. So, uh, so I'm really pleased to hear uh, from the three students that, uh, that that's actually at the root of their, uh, uh, of their sort of inspiration. Yes.
0: Um, I'd like to come back to Catherine just for a moment, if, if I may. Um, and, and Catherine... Um, I I went through engineering school. um, I won't say when, but um, uh, I was struck at the time by how few women there were in engineering school. And, uh, you know, I would talk to some of my colleagues, uh, women uh, in the class, and ask them, you know, uh, why they think that was. And um, they felt that, like, it was not very encouraging for them uh, people didn't think, you know, engineering was the right career for a woman uh, at that time. And, and uh, it, I guess there's lots of unconscious uh, bias that, that, that has existed out there. And uh, what can you offer? How can we encourage more balance uh, with, with women in, in sciences?
3: Yeah, that's definitely a great point. And I think even from personal experience, I saw this bias arise in elementary school even. Specifically, you know, when I walked through a toy store and um, the girls' toys were all pink and the blue, to- the uh, boys' toys were all blue, and I remember just looking at the dolls in front of me that were all pink and really just not finding an interest in them, but then I turned around and the boys' toys all surrounded, you know, STEM subjects and how can I, you know, create this Lego structure in order for it to do something else, and... I was really shocked at the moment uh, about that. And when I saw so many uh, students, so many girls actually pulling away from STEM subjects, I think that something we should definitely change is, you know, from an early age, just encouraging students and not labeling toys as girl toys or boy toys and kind of introducing them to a wide array of them. Because um, even if some boys are interested in um, various toys that are labeled STEM, um, that doesn't mean girls aren't. And I think that kind of that balance um, is tricky to find in elementary school right now, but it's something that we should definitely strive to um, be more open about. And actually, this problem did stay with me in until high school, um, where I created an organization, Girls Will Stay. And that is centered around girls staying in STEM and underrepresented careers. And um, we actually branched out into an international organization this past year. So I think through my organization, I definitely want to break these gender stereotypes and gender barriers as well. Um, And I really think it does start in elementary school and going to elementary school students and saying, you can do this, you know, just be curious and don't let any boys or any other um, teachers tell you otherwise.
0: Fantastic. I'm just wondering if we could imagine in the next 100 years, um, where is our imagination going to take us and, and uh, what are some of the big breakthroughs? They don't have to be in health science. They could be in uh, agriculture. They could be in uh, uh, you know, energy resources. Uh, but, but what are some of the things that, that you would foresee or you would imagine will be possible in the next 100 years uh, with, with what we're learning about science and, and engineering, technology, mathematics? I'm sure in the next 100 years, there's going to be a kid that's like,
2: what's the cure for cancer? How can I figure it out? And they're going to start from a young age and they're just, they're going to dedicate their life to trying to find a cure for cancer or whatever the other obstacle is, whether it be like how
0: Frederick Banting found insulin. That's, that's inspiring. A cure for cancer, my goodness, Um, you know, so many people every year um, suffer with cancer, and, and some, uh, some survive and some don't, and, and uh, absolutely a very uh, worthwhile goal. How about you, Hardit? What do you imagine in the next 100 years? I definitely hope that problems that like, affect just general
4: like, human health, so that, uh, uh, th- th- that those would be solved. So things like poverty and world hunger Uh, I really hope that in the next 100 years, I definitely think that we can find uh, solutions to provide uh, a lot of sustainable food, provide um, uh, tons of jobs um, and provide economy to those who don't have it currently, so that everybody still has a basis for a standard of human life where they don't have to wonder where the next meal is coming from and where they don't have to wonder where they can get shelter all these basic necessities, electricity, all of these things um, in the next 100 years, I definitely think we can make it more accessible to the communities that don't have it, and I really hope uh, to see that going forward, and I would really love to be working on those issues as well.
0: Fantastic. Very, very inspiring. Um, I'm going to come back to you, uh, Renee, and, and uh, first, do you do you have any thoughts? I mean, you work with a lot of of science students what what would you foresee in the next hundred years
1: i i think there are huge opportunities uh, you know uh, uh you know the saying that uh, you know every every crisis pre- presents an opportunity and of course we're seeing that uh with with covid um you know and uh, and uh, additionally with uh, with the effects of climate change um, and so on and every single one of those enormously complex problems uh, presents an opportunity for creativity innovation uh, inspiration and uh, and new ideas and and I think there's no end to the possibilities I think the other thing uh, that that we're going to see that was alluded to a little bit earlier um, is the 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 idea of collaboration you know the the students talked a little bit about you know collaborating with your peers or collaborating with uh, uh, university professors and and so on and I think uh, you know the solution uh, and the solutions that we need going forward are far less about perhaps you know the individual superstar effort but more of a team effort uh, whether that's globally or in a you know a lab or or an engineering team or what have you uh, to tackle these problems in a in a very multidisciplinary way and uh, and I think COVID has has shown that when you know when push comes to shove uh, people can align behind a problem, uh, work on solutions, find those solutions, get over their differences and, uh, you know, and, and, and focus on, on the problem and the solutions. And uh, and uh, we're seeing new technologies, new ideas come out of those things. Of course, you know, we're still living through great crisis in the healthcare system and, uh, and so on. But out of it, I think, is going to come uh, a bit of a burst of innovation uh, to help ensure that uh, uh, the impacts of this are, are less in the future, and that uh, you know perhaps we look at tackling climate change with the same level of you know energy and commitment and finances and government attention and so on as uh, as COVID.
0: Yes. Now, um, thinking about uh, your group, Youth Sciences Canada, um, how how could uh, uh, people that that hear this podcast? Uh, refer people into the program. Like how, how do they get involved? Because just listening to these uh, three, uh, just incredible uh, students who I've met today, um, uh, how how uh, how could more students get involved?
1: You know, the easiest way I think is to visit our, our website, uh, our youth focused website, which is mystemspace.ca uh, or Mon Espace STEM in uh, French. And uh, and that is a website dedicated to students who are just getting started um, on on a project. They maybe have an idea or maybe they have a project that they're just working on and want to uh, want to make it a bit better. That's a great place to start. Um, through that they can actually uh, learn uh, a little bit more about where their uh, their regional Science fair is their regional STEM fair uh, that they could participate in, and uh, of course, each of the three students comes from uh, uh, and has been involved in uh, in three different fairs. We actually have 107 of those regional fairs across the country in every province and territory, and uh, so uh there's there's no student who's very far away from uh, from a regional fair that uh, they could be involved in. But the real key is to to get started and to uh, uh, maintain that curiosity and. Uh, you know, maybe not listen to the people, as as the students have said. You know, don't 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 pay a lot of attention to the people who say, oh, I don't think you could do that, or that'll be too hard, or that's too difficult a to question, or uh, I you know nobody else has been able to figure out how to how to solve that problem. Um, I, I think there's a there's a passion and a. Uh, and, and a an intensity uh, with youth that uh, that pushes past that. So uh, so again, I, I would refer them to mystemspace.ca, uh, and uh, we also have a, a website that's a little more focused on parents and teachers and so on, which is youthscience.ca, and um, that's that's probably the best place to start.
0: Well, listen, I'd like to thank uh, thank you, Rene, for helping us to locate these uh, three very eminent up-and-coming scientists and i want to wish the three of you kyanu Catherine, and Hardit, every success in your career ahead and i'm looking forward to you curing cancer and alzheimer's and world poverty um, and uh, and many many more uh, very exciting things all driven by curiosity uh, and and uh, by by uh, applying scientific methods and being bold and and ultimately making it happen so thank you all so much and uh, this has been the next 100 podcast number four and it's been a real pleasure uh, to be with all of you tonight so thank you